SCDC. Welcome to the SCDC podcast presented by our friends at Insightful, who every day provide real world innovations for economic development. Insightful believes your digital tool should work as hard as you do for your community. That's why Insightful creates data-rich modules, websites, and digital outreach designed to make your visitor take notice without complicating your day. From core four modules, three pillars, digital marketing strategies, and comprehensive websites, to research and analysis, videography, and collateral design, Insightful works tirelessly as your on-call EDC marketing department. So thank you to the team at Insightful for partnering with SEDC to present the podcast. Thank you, Ray Methvin, also of AHA Creative, who has done some great work for SEDC that you will see at trade shows in Europe and at our conferences coming up. So thank you to that great team. For those that don't know me, my name is Matt Tackett. I'm the president of the Southern Economic Development Council and am joined, as always, behind the scenes by our great director of operations, another Matt, Mr. Matthew Darius, who's here. So hello, Matthew. Thank you for being here today. How are things hello, in hello. HQ1? Yeah, HQ1 everything is, is... is beautiful right now. Uh, 85 degrees, blue skies, light wind. So we're having a great time here in Atlanta. Well, I know you were at the office today, so I hope the, the lights are on and everything's good there. Everything's good at uh, physical HQ1. Yep. There we go. There we go. So I'm joining you from HQ2 at my house in Prestonsburg, Kentucky now. So happy to be uh, with you, Matthew, uh, from the north. So, Matthew, now um, today I think we're going totally off the rails here. I this so. one, uh, This one might get us fired because... We're going to talk very, better, very little economic development today, and we're going to go full on sports here. And this is something we've wanted to do for some time, but but here we are, and we'll see what happens after this. Yes, but our, our first I, human interest piece. Yeah, I mean, and and look, we're in the South. There's a lot of things we're passionate about in our region, and one for sure thing that binds us is sports. Uh, it crosses borders, especially college athletics. So today, as we're closing up the college basketball season, we need to do a recap of what was probably the wildest March Madness of all time. And we have a special guest here to help us do that. So on the pod today, we have the Director of Operations at the Kentucky Association for Economic Development. And he's here um, because he has participated in the SEDC men's and women's NCAA basketball challenge that we had. Not only did he participate, but he won the men's challenge and he won the women's challenge. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. We're also going to do some investigation because we just don't know how that is possible. Well, we need to make sure this is on the up and up. But Matthew, we can insert a big round of applause because the champ is here. It's Mr. Clay Snowden. Welcome to the podcast. You know, your reward for winning both brackets is much, much better than money. I think we can all agree. It's the opportunity to spend time with Matthew and I on the pod and do some do some bragging. So we really appreciate that you're here. We hope you've recovered from your victory parades around Frankfurt and probably around the whole Commonwealth. But before we get going, do you want to release an official statement regarding your championships? Well, thank thank you for that introduction. And, you know, it, it has been hard to walk around town. Everyone's stopping me and saying, are you Clay Snowden who won the SEDC bracket challenge? And, um, of course, I have to lie and say no j just to keep them off me. But no official statement at all besides 
Um, the tournament is random. That's about the only way that I can put it in a nutshell. So humble, so humble. But now it seems like you were pretty confident going into this. And, you know, you were just always telling me you were going to beat me, not only me, the entire American South. So, you know, the the humbleness is coming out now, but I don't know that that was the way it was before. And of course, I, <laughs> I'm joking. Of course, it is random and you, you were su- super humble about it. But congrats on the two wins. And before um, we need to dive into your brackets and talk through your winning picks a little bit. But, but first... I think we need to introduce you to the SEDC membership really quick. You are a new member as of just a few months ago, and everyone will get to meet you at Meet the Consultants, the the American South Site Selection Summit that we have in just a few weeks. So we're really thankful that you're going to be a part of that. But before they do, how about just pull back the curtain on you a little bit and give us a rundown of who you are? Yeah, so I I graduated from University of Kentucky in 2016, shortly thereafter moved to Louisville and started working for Builders Exchange of Kentucky, which is a commercial construction trade association. And after a few years there, I moved to Lexington, where um, my my wife, uh, now wife, girlfriend at the time lived. And um, once I moved here, I looked for a different job. And that's when I landed at KAED doing mi- mo- mostly membership when I first started there. And um, I've now been there for just over two years. I'm the director of operations there kind of um, do. I guess I have a lot of different hats within the organization these days, but um, I I love being a KAED. It's been a lot of fun and um, pretty incredible the amount of people that that you're able to meet just from the state association side. Now I know that you know Matt's now at SEDC and just has I, I, it, seventeen states that you all cover, I believe, and um, I'm I'm sure that that's just an awesome experience to be able to see all that. And I'm I'm glad that I'll be able to attend the Meet the Consultants to to get a taste of my first SEDC event. 17 states plus Puerto Rico. So we won't hold that one against you, but you can't forget about them down there. We're going to take a um, a meeting to Puerto Rico before too much longer. So we're really excited about it. But hey, Clay, you mentioned KAED. So what is that? You know, what does it stand for? I, I'm not really familiar with the organization. Yeah, so it's the um, Kentucky Association for Economic Development. Um, it's been around for a long time, I believe since the 60s. And um, K- KAED is about anywhere from it kind of fluctuates, but seven to nine, nine hundred members that we currently have. And um, everyone is represented in the economic development space. We have construction, engineering, design and build type members. We have um, lo- local elected officials. Um, so our, our membership's pretty diverse. Um, like most organizations and associations, you know, we have education opportunities conferences things of that nature golf outings you know some we we like to to mix in some fun as well founded in 1967 um kaed is the commonwealth forum for economic acceleration i still remember all my talking points i think most people listening to this um probably know okay i came from kaed clay said um he had been with us for two years but i was the smart person that hired clay (laughs) <laughs> we we didn't have a, a membership person and, you know, pull back the curtain at SEDC. It's something we'd like to do here, too. Just 
a membership per, per, uh, person focused on relationships, focused on engagement. You know, like Clay said, we're we're 17 states. We're a large geographic region. We're we're a really large um, organization of people. So sometimes that can be a little bit intimidating to try to um, step into, or then once you step in, try and find try and find um, your place. So we'd like to have at SEDC a, a person like Clay because you were doing membership at Builders Exchange. And then we talked you into coming to KAD. And then before you know it, boom, you know, we really took off on, on membership growth and on engagement, just everything started doing, um, it was already doing well, but it started doing better. And there was a point where we ascended as the largest state association in the nation in, in Kentucky. And we were, we were so proud of that. And none of that could have happened without you, Clay. It's, it's just the truth. Everything started getting a little prettier once you came in um, with financial statements, membership numbers, all of that. So it's really, and we had a lot of fun too. So I really wanted to thank you for all that you did for KAD and really all that you continue to do because it's just a great organization. I know you stay super busy too. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you set it up well for success and our new CEO, uh, Haley McCoy has done an excellent job of continuing that. And, you know, it's funny how there's two different CEOs and it, they are both super successful and they do things different ways. And um, she, she's really strengthened some areas that, um, you know, and you, and you strengthen some, some other areas. So it's been fun to work under two, two excellent CEOs in my short time here at KAED. I've got a question for you about that on the hot seat later. So I didn't send you that in advance. So we'll see how you answer oh, it. Oh God, <laughs> There's no good way to answer this one. So perfect. But anyway, you were um, you were just talking about a little bit about about KAD, and I, I always knew that KAD was a really a really special group. I, I was there for five years, and it was just such an honor. You know, it was a big part of my life, and I, I just I lived it. I never never unplugged. I just I really really cared about the the organization, and and I still do. But it's a big time, really busy, um, unique organization. You know, not only do you have the normal trade association things, but KAD was is really involved in direct economic development and kind of moving the needle um, for economic development um, in partnership with the, our communities and member or KAD's communities and members and also the state. I mean, it, it's just a it's a unique organization that does unique things. I think, and I, I think you know, you have a, a multi million dollar grant making operation. You have a a state. And association business development marketing partnership, for for example, those are those are kind of unique things. So, how about a couple of nuggets about both of those things, if you want to name them and give us some updates? Yeah, so KPDI is the Kentucky Product Development Initiative, and that that is what you were talking about. Um, I, that is where communities across the state can can apply and um, kind of put forward a a piece of land that they'd like to have developed and. Um, it's a great way to bring companies to Kentucky and bring, you know, like a large ma manufacturing operation or or something to Kentucky. And it, it's awesome. And uh, Matt didn't mention it, but he he was one of the founders of that organization and so, somebody who, you know, helped get that going. And it's been great for KAED and it's been great for local communities across Kentucky as well. It was it was such a cool thing. You know, we we started that in 2018. Um, on the heels of what was um, at the time record setting economic years in Kentucky, you know, relative to, to investment and jobs created. So we were thinking, OK, you know, we've got to keep keep this momentum rolling. 
you know, what are some of our challenges? And it was a plus ready to go sites and buildings that would um, provide quick and risk-free site selection experiences and really quick um, operationalization for, for enterprise. So we were successful in tapping into about $9 million, you know, $9 million doesn't go very far. Um, you know, when you talk about product development sites and buildings, but, but we had 9 million and we were really excited about that. So this was 2018 to, I guess, 2021, we could grant that out. So we said, we'll grant out 3 million a year up to $500,000 per applicant we hired um, site selection group to manage this for us. They they built the program that mimicked identical or almost you know as close as you could to their actual site selection processes. So if you wanted to respond to our grant opportunity, you had to fill out an RFI. You had to go through a site process, and just that you know specific education was so good for us. But um, it was just a really good process that was ROI driven. So we were investing the state's funds in a way that demonstrated really high confidence of a return vis-a-vis uh, -vis a, um, a location uh, or a project location. So we had um, through those three years, 9 million bucks, I think we granted out maybe six, maybe seven, something like that. But that turned really, really quick into over $500 million. I don't even remember what it was, Clay, but it was somewhere around there really quick. And, and it, we were creating jobs, we were bringing in investment, it was doing transformative things. We really proved a big time concept there. So it was one of the last things that I got to do in Kentucky. And so I'm so proud of this. And, you know, I hope I do something bigger and grander, you know, in my, you know, before my time's done, but I don't, I don't know, because we um, got another hundred million dollars funded into that program. And I know Clay, I'm so thankful that you all have taken the reins on that thing and have rolled it out. Um, so well this year, and I know you'll roll it out again, or I guess so well last year, and you'll roll it out so well this year, but $100 million for site development in, in one state, and other states are doing this too, but it can do transformative, transformative things. So I, I couldn't be more proud of that program, and you and Haley and um, the secretary at the Kentucky Cabinet for Economic Development and all the utility partners who stepped in to fund our ability to manage that program. It's just such a cool collaborative thing, and if six million turned into 500 million what will 100 million turn into you know it's it's just unbelievable so thanks for all you're doing there clay yeah and you know it, it's been fun to see the excitement around it within our state and you know um just the the opportunity for certain communities to um i guess in a way work together and work with not only us the cabinet as you mentioned the utility partners um all, all all working together for a common goal so it's it's been neat to see it's been a fun experience as well the other the other piece of this think about okay we are uh, kad was very involved in kind of preparing for economic development readiness well you i mentioned that um in that in your organization is a state slash association partnership for business development marketing called kentucky united you know, we have a lot more, Kentucky has a lot more sites and buildings that are marketable at the moment, thanks to PDI. But Kentucky United is a really, really cool thing too, where through KAD, you all will go all over the country um, to consultant clusters or to enterprise aligned with your target markets, wherever, and tell them why you think they ought to do business in Kentucky. And I guess that's why we're going to see you at our our site selection summit in, in Atlanta, just singing the good song of of Kentucky. And we hope other states do that too. Yeah, so we we will be in Atlanta. Our team will be there, and several other 
people in the economic development space from Kentucky will be in Atlanta at Girls Conference. Um, and we have our Kentucky United event kind of piggybacking off of it as well. Um, I know we're going to Detroit, Dallas, um, and Chicago as well. So all of that information is on our website. If anybody out there is actually interested in joining us on any of those trips, but you know, it's a fun way. It's usually a smaller group that goes and it's kind of a fun way to um, not only promote Kentucky, but um, you know, any, anytime you travel with a small group of people like that, all with the same initiative, it, it usually sparks some good ideas. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was always, um, it was always a really good kind of opportunity to be with other professionals and just kind of spend some time together, learn from each other and, and think about different things. And I know some kind of internal Kentucky regional, um, ideas and regional, um, regional things have kind of sparked on those trips, but it's also just a really good time to go and be with whoever the consultants are in that market and just invite them to a reception or a lunch and really like, you know, everything we can present to them or any state can present to a consultant for the most part, they can grab on their phones, but it's about just building relationships and you know, that it's just been really successful for Kentucky and then for the other States that, that do that too. And now, you know, I've learned, tried to take those same ideas to SEDC, scale those out to 17 competitor states, which is kind of a different animal, but we're seeing what we can do and following kind of a, a Kentucky model and kind of a Texas model is similar to Kentucky, but we'll be doing some, um, some business development trips. Now we'll focus on FDI, but it'll be really similar to what you all do at, at Kentucky. So if there are any Kentuckians listening to this, take a look at the Kentucky United trips. Cause it's a really, really good inexpensive opportunity to um, get in front of some consultants and um, just start building relationships and see where it goes from there. But um, before we get off of um, the Kentucky stuff, cause I know, I know you're staying busy right now in the weeds on a conference. So you've got yep. a major one coming up at some time. So the Kentucky collaboration conference is sometime in April. We want to know when it is. And I, I'm looking forward to being just a normal registrant there telling you that I'm cold or I don't like the coffee or, or whatever, and just kind of having some fun with you when I get there. But um, when and where is that conference and what are some main highlights? Yeah. So that conference is in Louisville and that will be April yeah, 12th and 13th. So coming up, we, we are recording this on the fifth. I'm not sure when it will be released, but coming up in about a week and you know, it it's awesome to see the momentum that is gained. Um, the collaboration conference when I started here was online and it was, you know, Matt and I trying to figure out, does the person who's going to speak in three minutes have the correct link and are they going to, you know, go out to the crowd or not? Like what's going to happen? It's funny how the world's kind of, um, I guess, trended back towards normal since then. And, you know, we did one in Owensboro as well. And um, now, now we moved to Louisville at the Hyatt Regency downtown. It's a great event space. And we are projecting our largest crowd that we have had since I've been here. Um, so we are really excited about that. And um, there, there's going to be an opportunity to highlight some of our partners, such as KLC, will be on stage there. And um, there's going to be obviously site selection group doing an update. And the full agenda is online as well. Um, but, you know, it, it's also a little bit different than previous years. We've moved it to two days instead of three days, which we think, um, you know, we, we had our members in mind there and just thought about cost and being away from the office and whatnot. And um, that model has worked really, really well for us. And 
I guess it's easier to keep people's attention for two days too, right? And um, so we we tried that out in the fall for the first time in Ashland and it went well. So yeah, the, these conferences, you know, it's great to get education. It's great to um, have everyone in the same room and bouncing ideas off of each other. But it's also just a constant reminder of how lucky we are to be where we are, considering just two years ago, we were online and kind of away from people. And I, I remember when I first started, I was joking with Matt that the first six or eight months, I never met somebody in person, um, always on Zoom. In the, I, I remember the meeting, the first person I ever met, you know, not on Zoom was significantly taller than I imagined they would have been. And it kind of shocked me. And I was like, wow, you know, what in the world? Like, this is such a bizarre world that we live in. So it's a great, it, it's awesome to be where we are today and having these, you know, meet the consultant type events and the collaboration conference. And um, I think people are jazzed up about that. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a great event that I know that we are looking forward to. Yeah. I, you know what I, I love about the KAED events is for the most part, every one of those, the governor is there, which is, which is really cool. Really good opportunity to, to hear from the governor about, about what's going on and then spend some time with the governor um, talk to him or, or her, um, off, you know, off to the side, but it's just always such a great opportunity. And then the, the secretary of the cabinet, and then a lot yep. of the executives of the cabinet are, are there too. So it, it's so great. And it just shows you the place that these associations have, um, relative to the economic development environments and, um, go forward success. So, um, and definitely in Kentucky too. So I'm looking forward to that, but you know, one thing I forgot, when you came on, so this isn't our spring. Con- this isn't the annual conference for Kentucky. It's the it's a spring kind of the sec the secondary conference, but still really really good. But I, I had forgot that yeah we did that in a TV studio. The first one, the first one that yeah. you did with with Studio Forty Six. I totally forgot about that. It that was, was so I awkward. started in February of that year, and I believe that happened in early May. And I remember right before I was hired, I told you like, hey, I have a family vacation this week. And it happened to be the week of the conference. And knowing now what I know about the conference, I never would have done that. But at the time, I was like, it's just a conference. I mean, how could, how crazy could it be? So I was in South Carolina zooming in to the conference from, from well, I, was at, I wasn't on the beach. I, I wouldn't do that to anybody. But I was back at the house. And, yeah, I remember doing the promos, going to um, Studio 46 to – shoot all of that and trying to coordinate everybody to be here and there. And here's a script. Here's the agenda. How do these zoom links work? Are we going to merge? And Matt was crazy enough to do breakout rooms. Um, I think you had like five or six breakout rooms on an online conference, which was so many things to juggle, but you know, it ended up being fun and it was a learning experience and um, you know, people were there. I mean, you know, these people came no matter what. And I appreciate that so much about this group, too, is their dedication to KAED. You know, so many times we join things, organizations, clubs, whatever it may be. And, you know, it just we join and we don't think about it. But um, the KAED members really care about the organization and that doesn't go unseen. And, you know, it means a lot to us and helps us stay dedicated to work towards making it better for them every day. You know, one thing I learned at that conference is I'll never do breakout rooms at a virtual conference again. I mean, that was, yeah, it wasn't a disaster, but it was, it was close to it, but it, yeah, it was because people were getting 
somehow selected into a breakout room that they did not know they were going into. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was a bit of a cluster, but we were learning on the fly. Everybody was, nobody was too upset. Yeah. And that was the, uh, the first time I began calling you Vay Clay because you were on vacation during the conference and that just, you never took vacation, but that didn't stop me from calling you Vay Clay every, <laughs> every week. So it's probably an HR violation, but Okay, so we'll we'll move on from um, from the KAD from the economic development stuff because we need to get get real here and just we need to move into March Madness and we need to know the truth. Clay, did you cheat on your brackets? How did you win? And where did you get your picks from? Yes, I I, I did cheat. No, 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 I didn't cheat. So I will be completely honest with the process. The process was I saw the email come out. I said, I know Matt cares a lot about these brackets for one reason or another. So I will fill one out and that will be that. And I will not think about it again. Well, I got a text from Matt the day of that was like, your bracket's not complete. Can you, you know, yada, yada. So I go in there and realize I had missed one or there was something. I, I don't even remember what the situation was. So I more or less just clicked on some names and got through. Now, it's not as easy as that. I, I could not tell you who was in the final four this year. Um, but what I could tell you is trends on how to pick brackets. And it's, it's, that, it's that easy. You don't have to look at the names. What you have to do is realize, okay, there's going to be an upset. Each side of the bracket, each little corner, you just pick one to two upsets. And I'm not talking about the eight over or nine over an eight. You got to pick an upset. Like I had Pittsburgh over Iowa State 11 over six. Now, why did I do that? Right. Um, I have no idea. It just happened to be the upset that I selected. Um, so really, I I mean, I hate I, I hate to be honest about this, but. There wasn't a ton of rhyme or reason. It's probably a lot more luck. I picked an upset or two, but um, what I did know is I was not going to put a number one seed in the final four. And that's something I was not going to do. So I had a three seed in Gonzaga, a five seed in Miami, a six seed in Creighton, and Duke, a five seed. So my final four wasn't very good, but I did have Miami. Yeah, I was um, trying to pull your bracket up just to just to see because I, I think so. I'm not pulling it up here, but I think yeah, you had you had Creighton going far. Yeah. I mean, who could see that? I mean, come on, like they're they're really good, but I mean, just anybody, especially in this bracket, anytime you've got two teams in any of the regions to um, to your elite eight or grade eight or whatever you call it, it's just like it's almost luck. But you had that with San Diego State, Creighton. I had three of the four elite eight. So there's four corners of the bracket, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I I guess the easiest way to say is I had seven of the eight teams in the Elite Eight, which I didn't even know until I'm looking at it right now. Um, Ridiculous. I mean, that was <laughs> so lucky. So I mean, you were right, you were right in Miami, and I, I saw it. So right around like maybe grade eight or something, because I was always going back looking. I remember I sent you a text like, oh, gosh, Clay, you're probably going to win this. This is awful. You know, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, but I mean, you're right. Like <clears throat> I had to talk you into playing too, because I was struggling to figure out if I was setting this up right. And I didn't want to bother Matthew as after hours, because uh, I didn't want Matthew to know how just silly, you know, his coworker was being about something goofy, but I was bothering you about it. 
and you weren't signing up for it. I had to keep like texting, hey, Clay, can you help me out on this? And, you know, lucky I did because you won both of them. Yeah. Um, more or less that came down to, I won't say the specific website, but everyone knows what it is, I guess. But it was just kind of difficult to work with. So, yeah, and I was crunched last minute. So I started clicking and I clicked Kentucky and Kansas State. And then I thought, well, I'm, I, I know people in Kentucky won't like me to say this, but I'm just not much of a Coach Cal fan Whoa. in terms of his coaching. I'll say it. <laughs> so I picked Kansas State, and I'm a Michigan State fan, so I had Michigan State. And it's as simple as that. Anyone that's crunching the numbers and saying, you know, their defensive rating of plus six in the past three weeks of the regular season is going to lose any bracket challenge. That is factual. Why did I pick Miami? Well, my buddy lives there. So I thought, huh. I'll have Miami going far. I, I didn't want to put Houston in there. So um, that that is really the strategy I have with brackets is find a loose connection, pick a couple upsets, and just hope you get lucky. You know, it's um it's kind of funny because you know, if you're if you watch college basketball a lot or you're you're into the the weeds on the analytics or whatever. Um, different things that people look at to try and make projections. I mean, normally you can probably do pretty well on, on, I mean, as well as possible on any normal year, but the fact that you did so well um, this year when it was just so many upsets and just a really random tournament, I mean, it's just like, and you blew everybody away too. Like no one is even close to you on, on second place. I have not looked into this, but does it give like a um, national ranking? Could I win a car or or something like that? I mean, what's going on here? I bet if if you had seven of the eight um, grade eight teams, I bet you were really really yeah you could. There was some kind of um, I, I don't know. It might I think Nissan did something. If you opted into it, you could win. But I I, 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 I remember opting out of the. It asked for some information. I was just like I wasn't interested. So. Yeah, I saw on ESPN, you know, there that's the largest one that uh, one of these things that people do. There were I think there were four or five that had all of the final four teams out of however many oh million, gosh. which is just a, a crazy, crazy um, percentage. Uh, but I don't know that anyone had a perfect bracket, which you, you would think if you got if you got the final four teams there, you'd have a really good 50 50 shot on that Florida Atlantic San Diego state game, but you were probably going to pick UConn to win it all at that point, I guess. Um, yeah, you would. Um, is, is it okay if I ask you a question on this podcast? Is that okay? A- absolutely not. Okay. No, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at your bracket, which came six to, to the bottom overall in the group. And you had Alabama, Duke, Houston, and Kansas, three, one seeds and a five seed in the final four. You were, were there any rhyme or reason to any of that? Yes, because those were probably the smartest picks that anyone could have made. It just didn't work. I mean, last year was all all chalk. Like last year yeah. was all number number one seeds. And I thought, nobody's good this year. It'll, you know, it'll work out where all these kind of big time teams. And I, I was the same way with you. It's why it's why I picked Kentucky to win their game because Providence was kind of limping in. But I thought I believed in Duke because they were like super hot coming into the tournament. Yeah. And I thought they're going to go far. Um, you know, I, I guess Kansas will probably go through and all these other one seeds, like they'll beat out these kind of middle of the pack teams, but it just didn't work out like that. But now in my real bracket that no one saw, 
I got them all right for for the most part. Mm-hmm. I missed a few, but Matthew is the same way. Matthew and I both had Alabama winning this, and that one for sure didn't work out. So yeah, Clay, I... if you are, it, I mean, so it sounds like you are the. Not only are you the the bracket genius here, you're you're really analytical and have a really smart approach to this. Well, you missed UConn. Where were you on that one? Um, no comment. I at. I actually was, until I just looked at the bracket, I was not even sure that they had made it to the Final Four. Now I see that they actually won the championship, which shows you how little attention I actually paid to college basketball. But um, it was kind of a weird Final Four this year. It didn't have the same type of buzz that it's had in past years, I feel like. I just didn't hear as much about it or see as much online. And um, I guess just because of, how it turned out with a lot of top teams being out of it, but good for UConn. Congratulations to the great state of Connecticut for. Yeah. They, uh, they just won't stop winning the tournament. Like they'll, they'll either be terrible or they're going to win it all. Like that's, that's like five championships they've had in the last 20 years or something. Meanwhile, Kentucky's has won. But now I think if you go back and look at my final four, I had all American South teams. So loyal to the brand you have to believe in the southern teams when i was in your shoes in kentucky i always had the cats picked to go picked to go all the way so do you want to apologize to the great people of the commonwealth for your pick there absolutely not no (laughs) i i I think picking kentucky to lose in the second round was um a lock that just seemed like a lock to me especially now kansas state was a really good team and they were super well coached and you know i i don't want to sound negative three-point shooting team that was not hitting their threes and Kentucky still lost. That's a tough, tough way. That game could have been a lot worse if Kansas state was hitting their threes. I, um, I, no, I did almost pick Kansas state to come out of that bracket. I think maybe I, well, maybe I had them in, I guess maybe not in the final four. I, I had them in the elite eight, I guess, but I, um, I really liked them just because I watched them play one game. They destroyed Kansas uh, in a game I just happened to see. So, of course, that's all I knew about them. So I thought I knew they were good, but their um, point guard that was like the star of the tournament is um, he's from New York City, but he played some high school basketball in Kentuckians will know this like a little bit south of Hazard in eastern Kentucky, like deep, deep, deep in the mountains. Yeah, he was at a little school called Cordia for for a while. So I remember that team. They they were great, but I just held on to his name for for whatever. So whenever um I knew he was at Kansas State, I was just always was kind of rooting for them. But yeah. I picked those Wildcats to beat the Kentucky Wildcats too. It was one of the only picks I got right mm-hmm. um in my bracket this year. So before before we move on, any final words on on the bracket? This was well, let's talk about women's really quick. Yeah, you, so uh, the yeah, women's you, bracket was actually, um, believe it or not, something that I had a little bit more knowledge on because um, I feel like there's less upsets in the women's bracket each year. Mm-hmm. And I had picked LSU to win it all, and they did. And the reason why I did that was because I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter about their coach in the outfits that she wears. And they're these ridiculous, cool, whatever, trendy outfits. And I thought, huh, that's kind of cool. I like teams with swagger, and they look to be a good team. They're the number three seed. Like, I'll go with that. You need swagger in the tournament. So I went with LSU. Um, I had South Carolina, which was the popular pick in the pool. 
Yeah. I had them going to the final four. And uh, I did I did have Stanford in there as well. So I, I actually went chalk all one seeds here. <laughs> but, you know, I did okay. I, I would say I did okay. It was not as successful of random selection as the men's bracket. But, you know, yeah, that- it is what it is. That one came down a little closer for you. If if Iowa would have won, you would have came in second, I think, where, I mean, you were so far ahead on, on the men's side. But, yeah, I went on my um, on my women's bracket. I, I was kind of really leaning in heavy on some of the um, some of the top seeds. But I had I think I had LSU in my final four and getting upset by UConn just because they're all or maybe maybe LSU have pulled the upset. But watch it so i think it was the most watched women's final four at least if not most watched entire tournament but they were getting massive ratings and i got to see a lot of those games too it was was really fun i don't know how lsu was a three seed the way they were the way they were playing especially at the end i knew that coach too because she was that was the coach that was at baylor when they had mm-hmm. so many great teams and they went 40 and oh one year Brittany Griner was their their center, so she's been around. But I didn't know her outfit thing until this final four. Oh, yeah. she she had some good ones. The um the championship fit with uh, the the sparkles and the tiger stripes. I mean that was an all timer there. Yeah, that was nice. Well, congrats, Clay. You know we were really so I'm thankful that you um that you you know let me annoy you and let you play because. It's unbelievable you won both. And it's not like a little amount of people were playing these things. You know, there was a there was a really good selection of people, um, you know, that we all, you know, we all wanted to win, obviously. And you won both of them. Just just ridiculous. So I hope you come back to defend the titles next year. So how about an early prediction for men's champion and women's champion for 2024? Okay. Women's champion will be um, let me think. Uh, North Carolina. Okay. Are you writing this down? Yes. Oh gosh. Okay. Men's championship. I, I'll go with my Michigan State Spartans. Okay. Michigan State, North Carolina on the women's. Okay, so that's that's interesting. If that happens to come true, I, I did write it down. We'll put a little bug in my in my calendar. But I'm uh, gonna go with women. South Carolina, men, Kentucky. So how about you, Matthew Darius, who you got? I have no idea. I don't follow basketball, but let's just say uh, Georgia and Georgia. Oh, whoa. Okay. (laughs) All the eggs in one basket. There, there we go. I like that one too. Okay. Well, Clay, you know, thanks. Thanks so much. Congrats. Uh, Thanks for giving us uh, a little bit of detail on, on um, KAD and Kentucky too. So, you know, we've been really nice here. We've dug into some weeds. You've had a lot of softball questions here. So it's time to really get real and put you on the research uncensored seat sponsored by our great friends at research FDI research. FDI is a trusted investment attraction and trade development partner working all over the world. Our listeners know Bruce Takifman, CEO, and the great work that he does to introduce global enterprise to the advantages and opportunities that we have in America and in the American South. So thank you to the Research FDI team for sponsoring what is the former hot seat segment. So Matthew, spooky music time. Clay, are you ready for the hot seat? 
I guess so. Okay, here we go. Here's the one. I don't know how you're going to answer, but who's the best boss you've ever had? Well, back when I worked at the Kentucky Derby Museum when I was 17 years old. No, I'm joking. Um, you know, that that's a good question. It's funny how different my bosses have been at KAED. And there, there's definitely, you know, some takeaways. But I'm, I've got to go with Haley. She's the one that signs my checks. Yeah, hey, good answer. She's she's really doing a great job. It's fun to watch you all go right now. I'm just so you know as proud as I was of that organization. I'm still equally as proud now. So, just um, good answer for sure. I, I agree too. But love what everything that you are doing. Can't wait to see um, her and the KAD team. So shout out to Haley McCoy who's been there. What she got in August of last yeah, year. Yeah, she's been here about eight or nine months so far, and um. Think things are going really well, you know. It's for a while there after you left, it was just just me in the office. So, um, it's it's been a lot of <laughs> positive momentum since ad- adding somebody, especially someone of Haley's caliber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We so Haley was involved in various committees. She was also on our board too. But I remember when I I knew I was leaving for um for SEDC. I, uh, got to hang out with Haley for a second at one of our conferences, the last one that I got to do. And I just said, Hey, would you ever think about applying for this job? And she played it cool, but I, I knew that would be something that would have a lot of promise for, for our organization and the state. I just didn't know if she would be interested or not. So we were so thankful that she was, and then you and the board were able to talk her into coming on to, to KAD and she's an SEDC member now as well. So can't wait to, have her involved in the state association committee or anywhere else that she wants to get plugged in and you too. So shout out to Haley. Hello. If you're listening. So question two here, Clay, who would play you in a movie? People have said more when I was younger that I looked like, um, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. What's, what's the actor's name? The, do you know the, the first one, like in the Toby early two, Toby McGuire, people have said, I don't think I do, but some people have said that. So if you had to go with one, um, Toby Maguire would be a good one. Uh, but if I got to choose anyone to play me in a movie, man, maybe two of my favorite actors are Tom Hanks and Steve Martin. So oh, wow. one of them would be totally fine. I'm sure that they, they could come up with some, you know, they would make me funnier which is always a plus. Well, you could have, so Toby Maguire could play young clay. And then I could see Steve Martin uh, for you for sure. Like as older clay. So yeah, yeah, you, you're a really funny, funny guy too. I I think, I mean, you're really smart and smart people are are funny and quick witted, but um, Steve Martin, for sure. I think that makes, makes a ton, ton of sense. So who's your favorite Spider-Man, by the way, I guess it's Toby Maguire. I, I actually have not seen a Spider-Man movie since that in, initial one came out, so I, I'm in no way equipped to answer that question. Oh my gosh, Clay, get into the Marvel Universe. Where have you been for the last five years? Matthew, are, are, you, are you into the Marvel I've, movies? I saw, I've seen them all up to Phase 4. Yeah, See, I don't even know what that means. I don't know how you expect Infinity me to watch Marvel movies when I'm researching college basketball left and right. Yeah, really. I said last five years, but this like up till phase four that Matthew's talking about before that, that was like a 10, 15 year. I mean, it really cool. Years, yeah. 
And you know the thing you can do now, Clay, you have every one of them available to you, whereas Matthew and I and the rest of the world, by the way, we were waiting months and years in between these movies, waiting to find, okay, is there going to be another Infinity Stone or what's, you know, what's going to happen? How's this play out? You need to get on that this weekend. They're all on something stream. They're all on Disney Plus. Disney probably. Plus, yeah. I, I have Disney Plus. Maybe I will consider it. Play. So disappointed. You at least need, I mean, yeah, you at least need to watch Infinity War and Endgame. I mean, come on, Thanos. I'll write it down. <laughs> He had all the Infinity Stones. You need to figure out how that worked out for everybody. Okay, moving on. We're disappointed. What's your favorite hobby? Hobby. So I love baseball. And uh, it's kind of a side hobby. Um, I write for a baseball company. I write articles, do podcasts for them. Um, I love fly fishing and camping. Do a bunch of that. Um I'm one of those people that has a lot of hobbies. You know, I have a canoe. I like canoeing. I like, um, go, you know, going out to eat with friends, stuff like that. And, um, reading. And so I'm, I'm somebody who jumps hobby to hobby, but fly fishing, baseball, those are probably the two primary ones. And we don't need to get into Matt's, uh, interest in baseball. Well, I'm a, I'm a big fan and I have a lot of hot takes on, on baseball, but yes, well, uh, let's leave. America's pastime out of this one. But I, I can remember when I was um, checking your references uh, when we were thinking about bringing you on at KAD. I don't remember who it was, but someone this, I always remember this. They they were just, you know, all, you know, of course, really glowing about your work ethic and who you are and all of that. And he he's tried or it might have been a she tried to say this in like a really positive way. But it, it came off as like you know, Clay will just like go disappear in the wilderness for, for, you know, days at a time. And, you know, he just does that. So I want you to know, but it's because you were out fly fishing somewhere. Probably. I, two weeks ago, I disappeared for three days in the smoky mountains, fishing, camping. Um, I'm one of those weirdos that prefers to travel alone. So I just kind of disappear, unplug for a little bit and reset and, you know, re relax and, just kind of take it easy. But yeah, a lot of people find that strange and they don't understand it. But if, if you've never tried it before, I would definitely suggest it. Oh, I, I understand it for sure. People don't know, you know, the real me, how introverted I am. So I could go in the wilderness in a cabin and spend some time. But it all made sense your first day at work when you come in, your license plate on the Subaru is a fish. And then you're carrying like uh, fishing lures that you've made to hang up in your office. So I thought there, there we go. So now I'll just wait <laughs> to see when, when he disappears on us. But, but yeah, they so clay. yeah, they, they clay, but yeah, the fly fishing was something I got to do recently. It was so fun. I, I yeah. could get into that too. Okay. You mentioned this. Let's go there. For those that don't know, he just said it. You're a baseball blogger. Tell us about that and who's in the world series this year and who wins it. Yeah, so I write for a company called Just Baseball, and um, it's a really neat company. It start it was started by two twenty some, some odd year old young people right out of college who went to college at Syracuse to be sports announcers, and um, their first season out of college was twenty twenty when it all got shut down and they didn't know what to do, so they started this baseball website. And um, I write and cover the entire MLB, and I have a do the fantasy baseball thing for them as well, which has a podcast of its own, Pro probably not as many listeners as this one, but you know, we, 
um, you know, it, it does pretty well. And, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I'm one of those psychos that watches several games a day. I get home from work and turn on the computer and quad screen four games at once and stay up late to watch the, the West Coast games as well and then write about all of it. So, it you know, it it's good. It helps me kind of take my mind off work and um, always grew up a baseball fan. So um, it's really it just comes natural to me. Yeah, me too. I, I just I love to sit back and just watch baseball <laughs> all the time. But who's um who's your World Series pick? World Series pick. Are you gonna write this one down too? Absolutely. Okay. My World Series pick will be from the National League. I will go with the Mets. And from the American League. Let's make it two New York teams. Let's go Mets Yankees. That would be really interesting. Um, quick side note: I remember Matt and I when we first started working together, driving somewhere, and it was multiple hours. And I was kind of like, "Oh man, I don't know what we're going to talk about." And somehow baseball came up, and uh, I I just I don't know why I just remember asking you to name baseball players and. Your struggle to name players who had who had not retired within the past five years was was absolutely hilarious. Now, 90s, though, I mean, I'm just a repository of of information. I mean, I could you know, that was my time. But OK, so I, I was going to go Yankees and Reds. But now I will not go Yankees since you did. I'll go Dodgers, Reds. I mean, that's, you know, they're both. That's what I'm thinking. And because this is a podcast about the Southern states, I'm actually going to include two teams that I think are most likely from your regions to make the World Series. And I think that would be the Houston Astros, who were the World Series champs last season, out of the AL, and out of the NL would be the Atlanta Braves, Matthew Darius's team, I assume. Well, I'm a, I'm an OG Yankees fan, but uh, yeah, we can root for them as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big time Braves fan too. I just, just bought a hat for um, a Braves hat for some of my upcoming plane trips. So yeah, I'm going to change my pick from reds to the, to the Braves. So yeah, the, the, the reds may lose 90 to 95 games this year. So I think you made the right decision. Saw they had a, they had a guy, he threw a 105 mile per hour pitch the other day. Hunter green. Yep. So, I mean, Pretty good, I guess. So that's my Reds breakdown. So, okay. When you talked about on the road, two, two more questions here, then you're done. We we did spend a lot of time on, on the road and we always had fun together. Where is the best place to eat in Kentucky? On the road? Yep. Not in Frankfurt, so not in Lexington. There's two options. Um, one is Small Town USA. You've got to go to Applebee's because it's open <laughs> later than local joints. There's going to be one in every town, and they have a diverse menu. So when you're traveling for three straight days, you can eat three different meals at a predictable price, which is important for the expense report. The other option, Friday, you've been gone for a week. You don't really care about getting the Applebee's salad. You don't care if you feel bad afterwards. You're pulling into the gas station that has the Little Caesars, and you're getting the personal deep dish pizza. I know Matt knows what I'm talking about. An underrated slept on meal. 
So here's the thing. At least you're honest, you know. Here now, here's a backstory for everyone. When Clay got to KAD, he had never been to an Applebee's before. So no, we, no, I'd never been to a Little Caesars. I'd been to an oh, Applebee's. Is, oh, is that how it is? Okay, but you weren't a you weren't a fan of Applebee's, right? So we had a whole like week trip of Kentucky when we were going stop to stop. No, two weeks, right? So we were just yeah. on the road for two weeks, staying in little towns. So we we nailed an Applebee's every night, and we did it at first as <laughs> like I thought Clay was doing this as like a joke, but then I realized he was serious. So I leaned into it, and every night Applebee's, you were just in. Love I with I it. remember <laughs> we would go, and you know, I would order junk, and you'd order a salad. I don't know why we thought it was so funny to tell the waitress, "Hey." We've been to other Applebee's this week, <laughs> and this is the best one. <laughs> Every Applebee's. I always remember, too, you were always like, hey, Matt, you know, you should get a couple beers while you're here, too. And, you know, I never did, but I remember every time you were like, yeah, I mean, Matt, just cut loose. You know? I, I tried to, to to get you to buy the limited edition, like, you know, red Mountain Dew with Bacardi rum in it or whatever they sell for $1.50. That's a headache. And you, you never once bit. I will tell you that you never once bit. But. The sampler platter, a little bit of boneless wings, maybe a quesadilla or the quesadilla burger. Can't go wrong. Clay and I will send each other pictures of the various Applebee's that we're at across the world. But, I mean, you're right on. Um, so I'm going to say Billy Ray's in Prestonsburg, Kentucky is my favorite place to eat in, in Kentucky. But, you know, if you're talking chain pizza, Little Caesars is better than anyone gives it credit for. So I'm glad you gave them a shout out to you. Yeah, I, I didn't want to go any local companies because I didn't want to show favorites. Um, you know, I got to keep everyone happy. So, yeah, I, I, I went with Big Box Pizza Place and the Big Box uh, Chain Restaurant. Where's your favorite place to eat? Applebee's and Little Caesars. Oh, my goodness. On the <laughs> road. When I'm on the road, you you just want predictability. Um, that That's my number one thing. After a long day of work, I don't want to go somewhere have bad service. I'm not even asking for the world's best food. I'm just asking for it to be predictable. Luxury food at reasonable prices is what I like to say. So, okay. Well, maybe there's a sponsorship deal coming from the bees for you one of these days, but last, last question, then you're off the, the hot seat. So Clay, I think you mentioned this earlier, but newly married man as of just a few months. So we need to know uh, how's that going? Are you still married? Also, you are a new dog dad so tell us about the puppy is she destroying everything in your house so i was i got married in september of 2022 we are we are still married and uh the dog was the first big purchase um and i was i love dogs but i just didn't did not necessarily want one at this point in time went to meet the dogs just to make my wife happy and fell in love with one Ended up buying it, and it's probably one of, if not the greatest purchases I've ever made. Um, yeah, Bailey is her name. She's a golden retriever. She was born on Christmas Eve of 2022, so she's still a young pup, but super well-behaved, already potty trained, knows commands, uh, not chewing up everything, so um, a really good dog. Now, she's she's been outside and in the family room the whole time during this. So she may have had an accident. You know, we're, we're approaching an hour now. So, Oh, geez. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> um, you had told me early on that 
Spencer, um, your wife wants a dog and you're, you were like, yeah, she wants a dog. I'm not going to get one. And I was like, okay, we'll send me pictures next week of the dog that you get, but it, you held out for like a couple months seems like, but you just, well, you yeah, the, the, the dog thing started when I got a house two years ago. So about two years. Um, but you know, I, I don't regret it. Um, I know Matt, Matt, you know, he needs a dog now and Matthew, do you have a dog? Yes, I do. She's uh, <clears throat> 35 pounds, 10 years old. She's a cross between, we think, a a, uh, a German Shepherd and a Doberman Pinscher. Awesome. Oh, wow. Dogs are great. Yeah. 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 Yeah, she's great with my daughter. Uh, she's never chewed anything up. She's never been destructive. Uh, she's very, very just sweet and calm. So it's oh. it's been a blessing to have her. Is she um, starting to slow down a little bit at 10 or how's she? Yeah, doing? she is. Yeah. 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 You, I, yeah. I mean, you just, I'm, I'm the same way with you guys. Like, so I, I've lost a couple of my dogs recently and it just, it'll just kill you. But especially as you know, you start watching them age and slow down and it just happens so fast too. It's always a little bit heartbreaking, but I'm with you guys. I mean, they're such, such a blessing to have. So I'll have, um, we just lost ours a few months ago, but I'll, I'll have another one before too much longer too. I'm sure. So, you know, on that note, to end things, you know, Clay, we we can't thank you enough for joining the podcast. Look, we know it's you're right in the middle of conference season and legislative session is wrapped up there. And, you know, you're dealing with PDI and Kentucky United, just just everything. I, I know how busy you all are. So just really thank you for coming on today and having um, some fun with us. More importantly, just really thank you for your partnership with SEDC and in the American South and all, all you do for Kentucky. So before we let you go, do you have any parting words? Thank you all for having me on it. it you know, it was kind of fun to walk down um, memory lane for a little bit there and, and be on the, um, not the hot seat, but, but the, the research uncensored seat. That's right. The research uncensored seat was, was awesome. So thanks guys. Yeah, thanks for being here. So thank you, Matthew Darius, for running this thing. And before we go, we want to invite all of our listeners to check out the SEDC website at www.sedc.org and follow us closely on social media. We want our members part of everything we do. So to get plugged in, you can reach out to us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, email, or give us an old-fashioned phone call. And while you're checking us out, why don't you go ahead and register for the American South Site Selection Summit on May 8th and 9th in Atlanta. So thank you, SCDC. Join us next time on the SCDC podcast presented by Insightful.